On the first bracha, the end of the bracha that he says, and the special additional brachas that we say on, on fast days, is he says, the one who answered Avram Avinu should answer me. Tana, the Gemara teaches. Some people reverse the order of the words, and instead of saying Tzaka to Avram Avinu, I'm sorry, instead of saying Tzaka to Avram, and Tfila to, to Abram and Tsa'aka to Shmuel, they switch it around and they say Tsa'aka crying to Eliyahu, Tfila to Shmuel, and praying to Shmuel. When it comes to Shmuel, about Shmuel, in, in the, when we're talking about the Navi Shmuel, at certain, certain points we describe it as Tsa'aka is crying out, at certain points we describe it as Tfila as Davani. But about Eliyahu, Tfila Ksiv, Tsa'aka like Siv, about Eliyahu, it actually only says tefillah, doesn't ever say tzaka, crying out. Aneni Hashem, aneni, lashon tzaka. The Gemara answers that aneni Hashem, aneni, that is a lashon tzaka. It is an expression of crying. In other words, if you just say aneni Hashem, that means help me Hashem. That's davani to Hashem. But if you say aneni Hashem, aneni, that's already tzaka, that's crying out. On the sixth bracha, they would finish with the one who answered yaina, should also answer me. On the seventh bracha, the one who answered davani. Yona comes after David and Shlomo. So my time Maktim Liberation. Why do we discuss Yona before we discuss David and Shlomo? We should be in, in chronological order. The reason is because we wanted to finish this bracha by saying, Blessed is the one who has mercy on the land. Now the land is the land of Eretz Yisrael. David and Shlomo Amalek were the two leaders of the, of the unified Jewish kingdom. And therefore, it is appropriate to finish their blessing. The very last blessing that is an additional blessing on the Tainus should be finishing with a blessed are you, Hashem, who is, has mercy on the land. So it is appropriate to discuss David and Shlomo after Yonah. Tana, a Tana taught, Isham Simchas Amr, in the name of Simchas, they said, Baruch Mashbel Haramim. He changes the final blessing, the, the, the conclusion to the final blessing, additional blessing, was, blessed is he who humbles the ones who are proud. The first three fasts, the men of the, of the watch, right, of the, who was there weak to be on watch, they would fast, but they wouldn't finish their fast. We learned in a price of why is it that the men of the Mishmar were allowed to drink wine at night but not during the day? Because maybe the work would get too heavy on the men of the base Av. On basically, they would split up the Mishmar, they would split up the into 24 groups total. And then within those groups, they would split it up into smaller groups. And each group would have one day of work that week. So maybe there'll be too much work for the member of that family that is supposed to be doing it that day. The Yavoda is the men of the mission. This, this is the Yavoda in the base of Mikdash, right? Yavoda the base of Mikdash. Yeah, not not the. So why did the Chachamim say that the men of the specific group that are supposed to be serving that day are forbidden to drink both by day and at night? Because they are busy at work the entire night also. There's also the stuff that flies off of the, of the Mizbeach when it's burning at night. The leftovers that are still burning at night, they have to be put back on. From here we say, call Kayin Shemaker, any Kayin who knows for sure Mishmar, Mishmar is based 
and also knows definitively that the members of his Esav were, he knows he was a Kayan. He knows which circle he was, which, which week he would have taken. And he even knows which group of his family members were the ones who would have been serving that specific day. And he also knows that oh, he was a Kayan. He also knows that he was never disqualified from service because many of the Kohanic families would become disqualified from service if any, you know, if there was ever an error in lineage, then they might be disqualified forever. They're forbidden to drink wine on that entire day. Now, we're talking about in this time period. So if you have a Kohen today, let's say Aaron Rosenfeld knows, and without any doubt, he knows which group you belong to, which member of the family, which day it was supposed to be, and that his family was never disqualified. All this information is obviously not known. But if all that information was known, he would be forbidden to drink wine on the day in which it's possible for the basic makers to be rebuilt. Let's say he knows what his mishmar is, but he does not know what specific day that his family would be doing. And he also knows that his family was never disqualified. He can't drink wine the entire week in which he could have been any day of that week might have been his day. He doesn't know which day, but one of those days is his day. He doesn't know his family. He doesn't even know anything, right? But he does know that he has a very distinct tradition that his family was always kosher to serve. Right, so Earl is thanking the lucky gods that uh, lucky gods that he's not a means his father's house, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Rabbi Aimer, forbidden to always drink wine. Really, I would say that they should never drink wine at all. However, the problem is that the the sorrow that we are so weighed down on, that weighs so heavily on us of the loss of the base of Mikdash, so heavy that we have to drink wine sometimes to drown our sorrows. Whose opinion is it that Kohanim are drinking wine today? Rebbe, that is the opinion of Rebbe. Wait, 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 wait a second. Rebbe says that a, a Kohen shouldn't ever drink any wine ever? Hypothetically, he should never drink wine. But because of the, the negative... Why, why? why? Because you never know, you never know whose service it's going to be, and you never know what's oh, going to be. I happening. see, I see. Oh, you mean you mean if the base of Mishra is standing? No, no, no. Rebbe is saying that even without the base of Mishra standing, maybe base of Mishra will be rebuilt today. You don't know. Oh, I see. So basically, since since the Cohen can't serve while he's intoxicated, you should never get intoxicated in case like all of a sudden, slam, bam, the base of Mishra is rebuilt. Is that the idea here? That is the idea here. Yeah. Okay, The men of the Mishmar and the men of the Maimed, who are the Jew, the Israelites who are serving and you know helping them, you know, in the support roles and, and davening the entire time that specific week, not allowed to cut their hair or wash their clothing on the fast days. But on the fifth day, fifth day of the week, everybody is allowed to do so because of Kavach My time, and what's the reason? That they shouldn't enter into the week when they're doing this service in a way that they look gross because they haven't shaved their hair again. King should give himself a haircut every single day. Once a week, once every 30 days. Melech Mustaper Bacholyim, my time was the reason. Number of Abrazata, Amakra, Melech Biafia Techazena Enacha. Your eyes should be able to see the king in his full beauty. King Adam, the Arab Shabbos, the Arab Shabbos, my time. Why is King Adam have to get a haircut once a week? Amar of Shmuel by Yitzchak. Oh, Mishmar is Mishachis. 
since the Mishmar goes to a new service each week, so we want him to look prepared and clean when the new, the next shift comes in. We learn an Xerah Shava from the word para by a Kohen and para by a Nazir, that the same way a Nazir, the Gemara is going to explain. Ksibhacha is written by a Kohen over here. They should not shave their heads and should not let their hair grow too long. Ksibhacha is written about the Nazir. Kadesh yeah, he will be holy. Gadel para sa'ar eroshay. He will let the, his hair grow very long. Not going to cut it. Stam Naziris, a, a Nazir does not specify a time period. The assumption is that he meant exactly 30 days. So too, in the case of a regular Kohen, it's 30 days. Now, where do we know this is the, the level of what the, the, the regular understanding of what a Nazir should be is exactly 30 days? Amar of Masta, Masta says, Stam Naziris, a Nazir who does not stay how long any days it's going to be, it's going to be 30 days. Manalan, how do we know this? Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, Yihiyah, Yihiyah, Begamatria Tlosin Havi. Yihiyah is in the numerical value, it is 30. Amar Leir, Papa Labaya, Papa says Labaya. Maybe this is really what the Torah is teaching. Lo Lirbu Klal, the Kayhanam should not let the hair grow at all. Amar Leir, so Abaya says to him, Yihiyah, Kasav, Lo Yishalechu Para, had it written, not grow long their hair. Indeed, it would be like you said. Do not let their hair grow long. They are allowed to grow their hair, just not too long. They can't let it grow too long. The Kahanam should not be allowed to grow their hair long even today. You say you can't do it. Just like the, the actual restriction of drinking wine really only applies at a time when they can go into the Vesem Mikdash. But if it's not at a time when they, when they had to go to the Mikdash, they'd be allowed to drink. In other words, in those days when you knew for sure what time you might have to go, you're not allowed to drink. But when you know for sure what time you don't have to go, you are allowed to drink. So to over here, the restriction of letting the hair grow long no longer applies. But Daniel learned in Rebbe, so Rebbe says, I say, Kehanim should never drink wine. Hypothetically, that should be, but what can I say? If this would be a good thing, say that he can never drink wine, but it will end up leading to misfortune because he won't be able to, um, he'll never be able to, to drown out his sorrows. Baez says, according to whose opinion do Kahanam drink wine today? Turning the page, Karabi, indeed, like Rabbi. The Rabbanon asks, we see from here that the Kahanam forbid the Rabbanon, the, the forbid the Kahanam to drink wine. My time, what's the reason? And we're going to require a coin who's ready to service, but like there won't be anybody available. But over here, it's very different. If your hair is too long, you cut your hair immediately, and then you can go straight in. But if you're drinking, it's a problem. The Gemara says, So drank already. Let them go to sleep, take a little bit of a nap, sleep it off, and then they'll be ready to come in. If you walk for a mile, if you drink, if you sleep a little bit, I think in a in it, it, uh, it dilutes the effect of the wine. What is not said about the statement of Rami Barabba? They taught this only in a case where you drank one Revius of wine. You drink more than Revius of wine. The more you walk, the more you get even more tipsy. If you go to sleep, you wake up and you're completely, uh, you know, it loses even more control. Those who have drank wine, 
that who have desecrated the service because they're doing the service when they drank. The said about them, there's a, a decree that they can't drink wine because if they drink wine, that's going to invalidate the service. But those who have it long here, the not going to desecrate the service. Did not make a decree about it. Basically, our challenges. These are those who are going to be liable to death penalty. Those who drank wine and those whose hair is long. We understand why those who drank wine, it's written about them explicitly. Don't drink wine or strong drink. But those who grow their hair long, where do we know this from? As it's written. They should not shave their heads nor let it grow long. Except after that's written, they should not drink wine. Anybody who, who comes, any kind who goes into the interior um, interior areas. And we compare those who, who cut their hair to those who are drinking wine. Just like if you drink wine and do the service, so to someone grows their hair long, they're from here we would also be able to deduce just like those who drink wine desecrate the service so to those who grow their hair long to desecrate their service Ravashi had said that doesn't desecrate the service at the end of the day it's still chal but if you come in drunk then it's not service at all and that's why one of them we made it that kind of one of them we didn't the Gemara says who taught it that the people who perform service with long hair are going to be liable to death penalty before we learn it in Yechaskel. In other words, our source is not a source from the Torah, it's a source from the Yechaskel, from the prophets. Amalei Ravashi said to Mulatamech, according to your reasoning, had the of Chizda, that which of Chizda said, the halacha that an uncircumcised client cannot do the service. We never learned it from the, explicitly from Moshe Rabbeinu. We did like Kabbalah Laman, but we learned it from the Nevi'im. It says no person who is uncircumcised heart or uncircumcised body can come into the sanctuary to do service. According to you, well, before we learned that from the Nevi'im, where was it taught? Rather, it must be that it was an, an oral tradition, this halacha. And then Yechazkel comes and we write it down in, in a way that to make it more clear in the Torah, in Nevi'im. But it's really based on the on the verse on, on I'm sorry on an oral tradition directly from Moshe. So to over here, the halacha that if someone has long hair cannot do service is really based on a tradition based on the oral Torah. Nicheska comes and gives it a pasuk to support it. Any day in Megillah's Tainus where it says you're not allowed to do hespedim. On the day before, you're not also not allowed to, but on the day after, you are allowed to. These are the days on which fasting is not allowed. And some of them, you're also not allowed to eulogize. From the eighth day of it, right? Why? Because those are the days. Those are the days in which you, in which they first brought um, carbonus, right? The carbonatomid. So therefore, those are days in which you should not make a eulogy. From the eighth day until the end of Pesach, you also shouldn't um, uh, eulogize. Because that is when we figure out the date of, of, uh, of Shavuos. And on Shavuos also, basically like this. So the Gemara is trying to say is like this. The, the halacha is that the 
The Purushim said the Omer is brought on the second day of Pesach, right? And the Tzaduki said not on the second day of Pesach, but on the day after the Shabbos, right? So every time we did it, that we it was sort of a triumph of the Purushim, of the rabbinic tradition over the Tzadukim. So these were days that we did not uh, make eulogies. He took him to me to delay the mitzvah. Since the, the Tamar offering was brought, so therefore it was established that these are the days we bring the, the carbon Tamar, and you're not allowed to give to give um, to give Hasbedim, eulogies. Why is it from Rosh Let's say from the second day of Nisan. Anyways, you can't. You're never allowed to say to say a eulogy. So why do you have to say that from Rish you don't you don't say eulogy because it's special Rish Chodesh Nisan? No, every Rish Chodesh you wouldn't say eulogy. It's only necessary so that if it would just be about Rish Chodesh, then you wouldn't have prohibited the previous day. What do you mean? Even the previous day before Rosh Chodesh, typically the have it, but even so, that also should be anyways forbidden to give a hasbid the day before Rosh Chodesh. The have it because Rosh Chodesh is also a day you can't give a hasbid because it's a yom to, to some extent, and therefore you wouldn't give a hasbid the day before either, anyways. Rosh Chodesh the raisa, the raisa loy by chizik. Allah is like this: we only needed to say that the day before you also can't give a eulogy for a day that is only forbidden on a rabbinic level to give a eulogy. A day that's only a holiday on a rabbinic level, then you need a uh, a prohibition, an additional chizuk, an additional strengthening by forbidding the day before. But a day that's a derisa prohibition, then you don't need chizuk by by forbidding the day before. The Tanya learned in a raisa. These days which are in the Megillah's tainus, the fnei and asurin, the days before and the days after, is forbidden to mourn. Shabbos is forbidden and Shabbos and Yom Tov. Those days are forbidden to mourn. The day before and the day after is permitted. Same idea. What's the difference between these two types of days? The word, the days that are forbidden to fast on a Torah level. So then you don't need to forbid before and after because anyways everybody knows you're forbidden. The days that are only forbidden on a rabbinic level. Hello, the very sefer is only forbidden on a rabbinic level. The very sefer is and the rabbinic prohibition requires chazik strength. Amar Mar Mar says ad until the end of Pesach. Because it's the days in which we figure out when the Shavuos is going to fall out, so therefore you can't give a hasp. Why is it to stand until the end of the Moed? Let it stand until the holiday. Why? Because the, the days of Pesach itself is anyways a yomtiv and it's forbidden to fast for Aser. Amar Rav Papa Rav says, "Good Amar Rav, like Rav says, the Nitzchah. This is only necessary during the page now. El Eisur Yom Shalafanav to teach you the day before. That's forbidden. Achanamil Nitzchah El Eisur Yom Shalachrav. It's only teaching you that it's forbidden to fast the day after Pesach as well. Why would I not have thought that? Come on, Ke Rabbi Yaisi, Amar Bein Lafanav Bein Laachrav Aser. Like Rabbi Yaisi, who says that whether before or after, it is still forbidden. Okay." Now, you might ask, well, anyways, it should be forbidden the day after Pesach. Well, no, that we already just established. The day after Pesach itself would not be a day that is forbidden to fast because we don't need chizik, we don't need to strengthen a day that is a holiday on a Torah level. We don't need to strengthen days that are holidays on a rabbinic level.